millennials, money, the machinations of wealth management, the greatest transfer of wealth in all history is happening. Here to tell us what to make of it and how to approach it, we have Chris Stoner and Mark Allen of Access Softech. From the studios of Karma Productions Worldwide in Chicago, this is Lou Carlozo's Bankadelic. Bankadelic, the colorful side of finance, where we supply expert views, riff on the news, innovate and investigate, actionable insights, unscripted banking with a caffeine kick. I'm your host, Lou Carlozo, inviting you to sit back, grab a cuppa, kick up your feet. Here we go. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Bankadelic. Rolling strong, rolling right along. And today we have the Wonder Twins. That's what I'm calling them because between the two of these guys, they have a phenomenal amount of experience in financial services. Chris Doner and Mark Allen. Chris is the founder and CEO of Access Soft Tech. He founded the company in 1986. How about that? And was an early pioneer in mobile banking apps. Today, he leads the company in providing a robust suite of digital solutions for credit unions and community banks, including omnichannel digital banking. Mark Allen is Senior Vice President of New Ventures at Access, and Mark is responsible for bringing the EasyVest solution to market and is in charge of developing the company's ongoing innovations. Mark brings 41 years of financial services experience to his role with an overall 39 years in wealth management, the last 27 in credit union wealth management. What a wealth of experience. Welcome to Bankadelic. Glad to be here. Thank you for having us. Thanks, Lou. You are both very concerned with the generational wealth transfer. We haven't heard a lot about this lately with all the other things in the headlines, but I wrote about it at U.S. News. The greatest amount of wealth transferred, perhaps in all of history, between 30 and $40 trillion in assets going from baby boomers to their children and grandchildren in two decades. Clue us in on why this is such an important issue from where you both stand. Yeah, this is Mark. And, you know, I'm kind of in the middle of the baby boom group. So we're seeing this happen already. Yes, it's going to happen over the next 10 or 20 years. But in my wife's case, she's lost both of her parents. I've lost one of mine. And she's lost two of her three siblings. So this is something that's happening today. Yes, there'll be a lot of money going over the next decade or two, but it's really important for banks and credit unions who are our primary clients to have the products and services necessary to be a receiver of those funds rather than just a sender. And to that end, it seems that there is this disconnect, this inability to understand the consequences for banks who prepare for this and the banks that don't. That's really true. It's a horrible threat and risk for those financial institutions that don't prepare for it. And it's a great opportunity for those who do. I think one of the difficulties confronting financial institutions here is that it's not something with day-by-day -day urgency. You don't have people calling your call center, expressing difficulty, but it's more like the boiling frog syndrome where you know the temperature gets turned up slowly and the frog doesn't notice. And so here we have financial institutions where if they don't have a good age distribution, then they're clearly going to lose out in the wealth transfer. And one of the 
interesting things that we found, because we've done a number of surveys on this, is that the family dynamics are really critical here. So the credit unions and the banks need to identify the relationships and focus on those. You have this survey where you talk about credit union members' children choose to bank at a different institution. So that's another form of disconnect. Walk us through those results. Why is it so crucial to concentrate on this? Well, what we found was really surprising. Of people over 65 with adult children, 60% of their children do not bank where they bank. So right away, when those older folks pass away, 60% of the assets are just gone. And then we also found very little parental influence being exerted here to say, you know, hey, we're a family, let's bank together. That's just not happening. So it's a problem. And, you know, we think the solution here, which is really critical to the long-term survival of these financial institutions, is to identify family relationships and incentivize families banking at the same financial institution. That's not something that's currently done today. Well, if it's not done, then how do you do it? Well, it's not easy. It's not straightforward, but you do need to have a mechanism that allows family members to identify each other and work with each other. So we think of friends and family capability built into the online and mobile banking product is really critical. We think another thing that's important is to have products and features that appeal to the younger generation so that they want to come in to the same financial institution as their parents, create working relationships, create dialogue, create interaction, and perhaps even lower rates on loans if an entire family is at the financial institution. Banks cater to people with very high asset levels. And as the both of you pointed out to me off mic, that's usually over $250,000. And only one in six millennials can meet that, right? What's causing this disconnect? And what areas need to be looked at more closely to close this gap? Well, Mark, can attest to this better than I, but many community financial institutions have a wealth management program in place today, which we think is vital. But after a long time of having these programs in place, up to 30 years in some cases, the penetration rate is extremely low. And part of it is the expense of it. Part of it is simply the high entry point, right? The minimum balance is very high before it can get their attention. And that's why we believe that human-based wealth management programs need to be complemented and enhanced by a robo-advisor solution, which is becoming common and needs to be a part of every financial institution's product offering. Mark, what's your view? Well, the average robo-advisor account is about $4,400, and existing wealth management programs cannot make money offering human advisor services to that level of asset. They just can't. And that's why they haven't for the last 30 years. It just doesn't make sense. And so the only way to really serve them in a efficient way from a cost standpoint is through a robo-advisor product. And that's why companies like Vanguard and BlackRock, Schwab, all of the others out there built these products five, six years ago. And the fintech companies built it even longer than that. They go back 10 years or so. So the effort is to wire in the younger 
population through digital-based products that they prefer using. And then as this wealth transfer process plays itself out, of course, they can make other products and services available to those same individuals. So it's really crucial that banks not only have the banking PFI relationship, preferred financial institution, but they also have the advisory preferred financial institution. It's not enough just to have the banking relationship because when that money goes from the parents or grandparents, it's not just going to where the banking relationship is. It's in many cases going to where the investment relationships are as well. And Vanguard and the others figured that out years ago and have really set out to try to wire in as many young folks as they possibly can. So banks and credit unions need to focus on both aspects, not just the banking side. Banks and credit unions more than ever need to get that digital and physical mix right. How do you see these two sides of the coin coming together? Chris, I'm going to let you have that one. Sure, thanks. <laughs> so, first of all, the existing programs are addressing about 3% of a credit union's membership or bank's customers. And the robo advisor is really targeted at the other 97%. And they actually can complement each other really nicely because not only does the robo advisor provide a comparable and valuable service for the other 97%, but it can become a farm league. So it can become a feeder into the human-based wealth management programs and enhance and grow them. So we think that they're not competitive. We think they play well together and really they feed off of each other. Now I'm counting between the two of you, 75 years or more of financial services experience. That is extraordinary, not something anybody should take for granted. When you see how things have shifted in terms of wealth transfer, investing, serving people, what are the two of you particularly passionate about? Well, Lou, you're making us sound really old here. We're <laughs> you haven't seen me over here. It's a good thing they can't see big bald spots on a podcast. <laughs> and unfortunately, Lou, I'm the older one. <laughs> Mark, do you want to take that one? Well, yeah, I think so. The key thing is to provide generations tools that they can use to interact with financial institutions in the way that they want to and at the time they want to. And it's very different for my generation, although we like to think we're very tech savvy. We are, but we're still learning. My children and now my grandchildren are light years ahead of where I would be when I was that age. So it really is key for financial institutions to become more fintech capable and do it sooner so that they can wire in those younger generations at an earlier age and then keep them over the long term. And so that's, I think, what it's all about. When I see my granddaughter, who's two and a half years old, and her fascination with my mobile phone and my wife's and ordering things for her dog on my wife's phone through Amazon, if we leave the phone down for you know five minutes or so, and the fascination in her eyes doing that, it's just incredible. And so I think that's the key. And I'd like to see more banks and credit unions just kind of step up a little sooner and get involved in these types of products so that they you know, have a chance going forward with the fintech competition and the big bank and broker-dealer competition that's out there and ready. Absolutely. And Chris, Access Soft Tech has been your baby since the 80s. Back when I didn't have a bald spot, 
but a mullet haircut, I have to say. <laughs> we'll need to see a picture yeah. of that one, Lou. <laughs> what keeps you going? What is so exciting about where we are right now for you? Personally, I just love doing something that's never been done before. That's what really wakes me up in the morning and keeps me going. When we can be innovative, we recently won Best of Show at Kuna JAC for one of our new products. And you know, I love it when we can lead the industry with innovation. I mean, take, for example, our RoboAdvisor product. RoboAdvisors have been out there. That's not new. But what is new and what is really, we think, critically important is that our robo-advisor seamlessly integrates into online and mobile banking. What it means is that if you know how and where to manage your checking account, you can also manage your investment account in the same way and in the same place. Okay, since you mentioned Best of Show, you're asking for it. What was the product that won? Oh, it's a very cool product. We call it BAM, Biometric Authentication Manager. And what it does is it allows the call center to authenticate somebody biometrically instead of the challenge questions and the knowledge-based back and forth that goes on. So I'm probably not the only one that's called into my bank and failed the challenge questions, and it's very frustrating. With a biometric authentication, I have my finger with me. I don't have to remember anything. So it's also faster, it's more secure, and it brings a unification of authentication across all the channels. So you can biometrically log into mobile banking, of course, and then biometrically log into online banking and biometrically authenticate yourself in the call center now. If I could biometrically duplicate this podcast, I would be a happy podcaster for the rest of 2020. Unfortunately, my thumbprint is way too small. Guys, you did a terrific job. Thanks so much for being on Bankadelic. Happy to be here, and we're happy to come back anytime you'll have us. Ah, we'll have you, that's for sure. Chris Doner is the founder and CEO of Access Softech. Mark Allen is the senior vice president of New Ventures at Access Softech. You can look for Chris and Mark on LinkedIn. Bankadelic. Sponsored by the William Mills Agency. For close to 40 years, the William Mills Agency has served hundreds of companies that provide a wide range of products and services in the banking, payments, mortgage, credit union, and related markets. The William Mills Agency is the largest provider of PR and marketing services for companies that market to the financial industry. For more information, visit williammills.com. Quantic is the adaptive digital bank that offers entrepreneurs, immigrants, millennials, low-income families, seniors, and others innovative banking products and services which embrace the diversity of circumstances that exist in the lives of customers while elevating their financial strength. For more information, visit QuanticBank.com. That's Q-U-O-N-T-I-C Bank.com. You know, I think I am going to work on this biometric host thing, just so the other podcast hosts can't break in. Okay, let's see. Thumbprint. Uh, oh, shh. It's not taking my thumbprint. Okay, let's see. Face scan. What? It's saying I need to cross my eyes. How about voice? It's saying I'm not using my 
podcast voice. Well, let me try that. It's time this week for three, three bullet points. points. Number one. Of people over 65 with adult children, 60% of their children do not bank where they bank. So right away, when those older folks pass away, 60% of the assets are just gone. Number two. We believe that human-based wealth management programs need to be complemented and enhanced by a robo-advisor solution, which is becoming common and needs to be a part of every financial institution's product offering. Number three. It really is key for financial institutions to become more fintech capable and do it sooner so that they can wire in those younger generations at an earlier age and then keep them over the long term. And so that's, that's I think, what it's all about. And now, lose views. Listening to Chris Stoner and Mark Allen on today's podcast, and I'm talking about me listening as a podcast host, reminded me of one salient fact that always gets overlooked. And I mean always. It's this. Innovation is not the sole property of the young, hotshot tech entrepreneur. When we're talking about two men with 75 combined years of experience doing the work that they're doing, it's proof positive that innovation comes just as much from a mindset that draws on experience and has lived through generation after generation of pain points. It's discouraging, it's true, to look at younger generations and sometimes feel they know more about technology, more about digital, more about social media. That said, there are certain things that are beyond innovative, that are timeless. The relationships we have with people, for example, or watching different changes that have uprooted and disrupted over a long span of time as opposed to a short one. The quality of those disruptions is always the same, even if the outward manifestation is different. The next time you think that you might have past your prime, or have not much to offer in the way of innovation, think again, because the world of financial services and the world at large is looking to you. Thanks for tuning in to Bankadelic. We hope you join us next time and check back in the weeks ahead as we build our podcast vault. Our producer in Chicago is Jenny Elman. Thanks again to the William Mills Agency for their generous sponsorship. Thanks also to Quantic. I'm Lou Carlozo. You can catch me on LinkedIn. And if you've got a milkshake, I'm drinking. Until next time, so long. Bankadelic is a production of Contrarian New Media, London, Chicago, and Austin, Texas.